about because I don't feel I have enough information. So we're just going to roll right now, and then we can start a conversation whenever. Danny, can you pull your microphone down? Yeah, I was going to Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, just. Yes. I've never done this before. Can move in. <laughs> I know. It's exciting. Hello. <laughs> and just try to stay like testing you know, a couple inches away from the microphone. I'll try to mix it, but yeah. let us know if it's too closer. Yeah. The the louder is probably better. I'll I'll watch it. it we should. Yeah. So go ahead. What's that? Introduction. Yeah. Uh. Would we all want to go around and introduce ourselves? Um, maybe starting with Nick. Are we on? I'm recording. I mean, you know. This is Nick from Bike Talk. And then go on, like, counterclockwise around there. Okay. Counter. My name's Sharon. I'm yeah. from the Valley Bikery. Hello. Hi, my name's Jennifer, and I'm from the Valley Bikery. Hi, my name's Danny, and I'm from Bike Oven in Northeast L.A. Hi, my name is Ariel, and I'm from BC Libre, a little bit west of downtown in the Pico Union neighborhood. Hi, my name is Siobhan, and I'm from Bicycle Kitchen in East Hollywood. And my name is Lucas, and I'm from Biker Wave in Mar Vista. And we're here for the Bike Collective's show. And we have a great show for you. We have people from all over the city, pretty much all the bike collectives except maybe bikes on us maybe yeah. some people are missing but a lot of us are here it's like a bike collective round table for real <laughs> yes <laughs> um we're here to talk about everything that you'd like to know about our different bike collectives and would we like to go through one at a time or just take a topic and go through i, I think uh there is a topic, sort of. If, uh, uh, do you want to introduce it, Joanna? Sure. Um, we thought today's show we could discuss the programs that the various co-ops are running or would like to run. Um, there's lots of aspects that we can kind of take a look at. Um, programs that have come before us um, that are going on currently. And some, you know, there's a lot to learn from ones that haven't worked out. Um, things that we can share and uh, aspects that we can share with you, the audience, if you have input, you know, to go to your local co-op and um, to be able to volunteer and share your, uh, your, your time to be able to make things better and to, to um, implement programs that you think would be really great, too. So, um, I don't know. I thought, um, you know, if anybody kind of wants to start first, maybe jump in with something that they've either recently implemented at their co-op, mm. something that's been going really well, or something that's been getting some accolades, or some... Something you're excited about? Yeah. Well, we'll share about um, at the Valley Bikery. Um, we have um, YoCycle, which is a combination of biking, and um, we bike to a local park, and we do yoga and it's led by Sharon and um, she does a wonderful job it's so much fun it's kind of becoming a little community um, we have regulars that come out oh nice. Nick goes to I'm sorry Let's Nick <laughs> another regular yo cyclist <laughs> would you like to talk about it then yes so I first want to mention as we went around the round table of bike co-ops I forgot to mention we're located in Van Nuys so we are at representing different parts of the area. 
and we're at the corner of Victory and Van Nuys Boulevard. And like Jennifer just mentioned, uh, YoCycle takes place every Sunday, and it's a ride that leaves at 9.30 a.m. From, from the Valley Bikery, and it's a leisurely ride for four miles to Lake Balboa, where we do an hour, bike, hour yoga session and vary it up from different styles of yoga, from power yoga to more relaxing yoga, kind of change it up to give people exposure, um, as well as different levels of yoga. And no experience is required, so it's open to everyone in the community. It's a free event. And there's a song. And, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Jennifer has made a song, and there might be a... We're hoping to get a commercial out soon, too, <laughs> and we'll promote that out on our website as well as on the Valley Bikery Facebook page and YouTube. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to give a little rendition yeah, of how it. How does it go, exactly? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was... Uh, it's, a, it's a duo, So, um, and if anyone knows the words, the words are very very simple. We, we encourage people can, to join in. Yeah, you can so, catch on. Do you sing yeah. it on the ride or not? <laughs> we do sing it on Excellent. the ride. We sing it on the ride, yes. Yeah, usually on the way back to the valley bike <laughs> yeah. after we're done with Sometimes the whole session. Sometimes just randomly around my house when I'm really happy. So. <laughs> yeah. so, without further ado, yeah. Yeah. one, two, two three. <laughs> yo cycle, yo cycle, biking, biking and yoga together. Yo cycle, yo cycle, yoga and biking forever. That's basically That's it. <laughs> More to come. But uh, to transition, how it's been successful for us as a function as a bike collective, it's also been a way outside of our maintenance and hours of operations of maintenance nights to get more people exposed. And so people, participants who've been coming to this outdoor activity have also familiarized themselves with our bike collective. And I've seen maybe people are more casual bikers, not transporting on a daily basis on their bikes, have become more involved and interested from the event. So... It's still a small community, and it's building progressively, but it's a nice way to give an alternative um, and an outside activity from the, from the bike collective to get exposed. And so uh, I just want to mention we are opened Monday night from 5 to 8, and Tuesday 7 to 10, and Sunday by appointment. So You know, that would actually be really good to go over real quick when everybody is open. Uh, mm, that's probably our fun. number one question. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, do you want to go, Ariel? Uh, sure. Uh, we, Bici Libre, is open Monday through Friday now. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 12 to 8, and Tuesday and Thursday, 12 to 5, and sometimes on weekends when <laughs> someone happens to open. If yeah. you come by and it's open, stop in. Nice. Yeah, Bike Kitchen is... Um, our only weekday is Monday from 12 to 5. Um, Monday night, 6.30 to 9.30 is Bicycle Bitchin', uh, which is a women trans uh, night only. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 6.30 to 9.30, and then we're open on the weekend afternoons. Uh, Bike Wave is open Monday through Thursday, 6.30 p.m. to 10 p.m., uh, Saturday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Sunday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, bike Oven is open... Wow, we're open, I think, six days out of the week. <laughs> so we're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, mon well, 
Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, we're open from 7 to 10 at night. Fridays, we're usually open for an afternoon shift, which is like, mm, I believe it's 1 to 4. Um, and that's also for Saturday and Sunday. And Wednesday is kind of like our volunteer cleanup day um, where we go in and try to do projects. Awesome. So has YoCycle, do you think it's introduced new, new clientele, maybe not typical clientele? Do you see regular faces? Um, I definitely think it's introduced a lot of new clientele, people who are unfamiliar, people who wouldn't stop by beforehand at the Valley Bikery. And that's what's been so great about people who have found us on Facebook or even just uh, passerbyers at Balboa Park who mm -hmm. see a yoga and then start asking, what is this? And we're not a cult, we're <laughs> practicing yoga, and there's a sign, Valley Bikery, mm -hmm. and then what's a Valley Bikery? What's a bike collective? And all the questions right. start, and then right. it's great. And then they become interested, and so we do see new clientele, and I definitely see from that new clientele some consistency with the people who come to YoCycle, and then they become interested in other events when we put announcements of other bike events in the area. So yeah. I think it's been successful in, in that perspective. How long have you been doing it now? Uh, it's been going on, I think, about nine months. Oh, wow. I would say. We, were doing it f we first started doing it Wednesday nights, and that's when um, Jennifer, I met Jennifer and Nick, who are here on the show tonight, and they um, were my only attendees. <laughs> and so as much as I love them and... It was great support having <laughs> them come consistently. I figured it'd be nice to branch out to another day and see if more people would come. And so then maybe a few months ago, we transitioned it to Sunday mornings and more people, more people. Yeah. have been coming because it's been more accessible on the weekends and in the morning versus night. And have you guys found that you have uh, introduced people to cycling or yoga or both? It's a good question. I'm going to digest it for a second. <laughs> I, so, no pressure. No, no, I'm just, um, I think, I think both. As, as far as cycling, I think there's been an introduction of people who haven't been regular cyclers mm. to have more of an incentive to maybe ride to YoCycle or come, like I mentioned before, come to another bike event, which will lead to, okay, now I care to learn since I'm riding more, I care to learn how to fix my bike. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need this part. And then they're utilizing the, our hours of operation for learning how to empower themselves and, you know, fix their own bike. And so that's an And, you know, like the passerbyers at the park, I think they've been exposed to yoga. and Sometimes so. people just join in, right? Yeah, Hasn't that happened? Yeah, that's happened several times. And it's been fun to see little kids, too, join in. And <laughs> even though maybe they're mocking us at times, <laughs> you know, and then they start giggling. And when I come, I'm like, can I adjust you? And they start running away. Then. <laughs> but it's still, it's fun to see that they get excited to see us doing a movement there and, it, and establishing a community together. So Yeah, I think that's really the important part. And you're yeah. kind of caring about your community as a, a whole, not just about serving one specific need which is mechanics, you're actually caring about the person, caring about the whole client. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which resonates right mm -hmm. with the whole cycling community, you know, doing a healthy activity, being able to yeah. transport in a more effective way to work or to whatever activities we have. And yeah. 
Now yeah, I think so. that my kitchen needs a yoga teacher. <laughs> I know. We have a girl who um, she's only volunteered and done like more like uh, graphic design stuff for us, but she does acro yoga. Mm. Oh, so it's like cool. acrobatic type of stuff. Mm. And I'm going to hit her up and be like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely giving some alternatives to events you could do with yeah, them. Yeah, definitely. And ways for people to participate. That would be great. Yeah. And I think we've had um, not trouble finding what to like give her to do but you know like if people come in and they don't know about mechanics or whatever sometimes we have trouble like giving them stuff to do or helping them feel like like they're being helpful Mm -hmm. and so yeah I think looking at the pool of volunteers and really pulling from everybody's skills whether Mm -hmm. it's like traditional or like more out of the box like that is is a really good idea I agree yeah I guess that's kind of one of the hard things too is you know if you create programs based on your current um, your volunteer pool, you know what if you lose that volunteer? You know things happen in people's lives. You know think uh, schedules change, um, and maybe they're not able to sustain that program anymore. You know it's really sad to sometimes see a program shutter. Like for us, we were doing what's called earn a bike, um, where you we were say like when before when people speak. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you say like maybe. This is Shoban from Bike Kitchen, just okay. so people know. Um, so the Bicycle Kitchen uh, was um, was doing something called Earn a Bike, and it really got started because there was um, some people that were available, some volunteers that were available uh, immediately following school hours. But that's not always the case now. We've got some full-time em- you know, employees, and now there's not a lot of people between that 3 and 6.30 kind of time. We were working with local um high school grade school kids who wanted to come in and um you know find a really healthy alternative to their time after school and learn how to fix up one of the donated bikes that we have Mm. and then they would be able to walk away with it um you know free of charge at the end of of their time but you know it when we don't have the volunteers to do it we're not able to continue the program so it's really hard, you know, to, to really tap into the current skill set that you have and to hope, really, that you can keep some of your programs always going. Yeah, yeah and I mean, I think some programs, this is Ariel from BC Libre, um, you know, they have, like, a, a, a shorter shelf life. Maybe they'll hop in for a short time, and then they'll come back later, and they'll go away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in some ways, like, it can be hard because you want it to keep going and going, but then it's also just nice to have it happen and see the success that it was and then turn to what else can we do? Is there other other things that we can do? Mm-hmm. Uh, at Bikerwave, this is Lucas from Bikerwave, uh, at Bikerwave we had an after-school program that was really successful. Uh, one of the reasons that it was, I feel, though, was that the people that put it on were teachers mm-hmm. and they were already sort of involved in that world and they committed to uh, a specific time period for it to happen and it was also sort of uh, selected from local schools and there were only I believe it was eight students total in that and so each round when they can do it they will do a a small sort of batch and and that was really successful and got a lot of really good feedback and uh, helped out some of the kids in the community so that I feel that was a a big success Mm -hmm. but again they couldn't have sustained that for Mm -hmm. more than maybe the I think it was 12 weeks uh, every, like, twice a week after school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's there's definitely that problem of 
who can keep doing it when you're a volunteer organization. Yeah. Do you find you're um, having volunteers that do programs who also have a normal shift, or they're outs- it's outside their normal shift? Are they adding it on, or are they? Well, are at Microwave, yeah. it's it's a mix. Um, some people are super involved in a lot of aspects, and uh, one of the volunteers on that that was her only time that she was in. So, uh, wh- whoever can is always good. Hmm. Anybody else? Yeah, bike kitchen. It's usually someone who really does have a regular shift and then takes something else on. Hmm. Yeah, this is Sharon from the Valley Bikery and. I agree with what you guys are saying. It could be an issue with consistency, especially, and time as a volunteer um, to commit to hours, you know, set hours on a weekly basis, as well as participate if you're putting on an event to clean up, set up, organize, put all that energy in, and it is hard. And it's easy for a lot of people to say, oh, this needs to be done, that, or, you know, maybe people who are coming by to the the bike collective and stating what they would like to see. But that's why um, Ayla from the bikery always suggests uh, that it's a good idea when people suggest something, you know, say, oh, would you like to do it? Like, right. And, you know, as well, to see. And that way they become active participants. And it's also nice to give leadership roles to other people and distribute mm-hmm even though, you know, there's more security when you do it sometimes yourself. But it's like finding that balance, right, and not overwhelming yourself and burning out and being able to complete the hours needed for the whatever function your bike collect is doing. Um, For in my my case for the Yo Cycle, you know, I I have a separate life apart from (laughs) the bike collect on Sundays, and so sometimes on weekends my fear of transitioning on the weekends with some weekends you know I want to go away but so mm-hmm. sometimes it's nice very that just these last two weekends I had to go away and I found someone who was able to substitute um someone from the valley bikery Ayla <laughs> who was able to take my plate and sometimes finding you know s- people mm-hmm. who can share the weight on that set of activity and I personally couldn't um volunteer with the maintenance hours and I've didn't have that much knowledge, so I didn't feel comfortable. So this emerged, this alternative emerged from wanting to be able to volunteer and help Mm -hmm. in a bike collective, but it was something of more of interest to me. So that could be for people outside of maybe that do shifts at your guys' bike collectives. Yeah. I wanted to just talk a tiny bit. Yeah, we've had, uh, or about our programs that we've done or one type of program, I think, is bike oven or bike kitchen. Somebody's doing this right now, too, of just having really specific uh, bike maintenance workshops that are about one specific thing. Bicycle kitchen. Bike kitchen is doing that? Yeah, for Bicycle the summer. Bicycle kitchen is, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. We did yeah. some classes as well. We tried to too. do, like, a roster of classes. Yeah. I think we're going to do a couple this summer, maybe three or four, hopefully. Um, but something that we've done is had... Well, actually, people have approached us, like former volunteers that can't do a shift every week anymore, or maybe they used to volunteer, but they want to come back and just teach one class. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice because then they're still getting a little bit involved, but they're not, you know, they don't have as much time to commit, but they can still help out. And so we have one former volunteer that came in and taught 
a class, like a three-hour class about uh, cogs. <laughs> and then we've had someone from who was a professional mechanic that did racing bikes, I think, um, from Costa Mesa come once and talked mm. about headsets. Um, and I think we need to do more of those. We haven't planned them yet, but we've talked about planning them and doing them. Um, but, yeah, I look forward to that at, with us this summer. And then do you guys have some coming up? Uh, well, Bicycle Bitchin, uh, which is a women transgender night um, at the kitchen, we um, we still see it being a um, a low number night. We feel like of all the shifts, we still have the least amount of um, of clients, and we really want to can you know in any way possible really still continue to encourage um, female oriented peoples to 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 come out and ask whatever questions there are. You know there is no silly question, and, and you don't. You know, even if it's it's like, how do I use my gears? Like, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And so, we don't. We we were trying to see if these workshops that we're doing every other Monday, through June, July, and August, um, we were hoping to make them, to break them down to the point where maybe we could just address some really simple questions, and it wasn't too overwhelming, and it was still um, an enjoyable space. It was, you know, you can still come in during those nights and work on your bike. Um, so it's a good way for us to introduce them to the space as it is um, when you, you know, as, as, a, as a, an education space and also as specific get your questions answered about that particular topic. So we were kind of hoping we'll see how it goes. Um, but we kind of did take our cue, actually, Danny, from, you know, bike ovens. Uh, you almost do them, is it every summer? I, I remember them a couple at least now. Um, I know I know we've done them before. Um, they've done, like, art classes. They've done all sorts of stuff. Um, but we're trying to do one, like, every quarter. Um, we haven't discussed anything for summer yet. We do have a meeting tomorrow, so I may bring that up. <laughs> but, uh um, but yeah, I mean, we've had we've had pretty good success with them. The more advanced classes, um, we haven't had as many attendees, and I don't know if that's just a lack of like um, us promoting it, or if it's just you know people are more interested in, in learning the basics. I'm not really sure, but um, but yeah, I mean, they've been pretty good. Um, you know, I think I think our bicycle basics class had like 12 people in it or something, which is yeah. pretty good, like on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I know that they've had uh, classes before. I've only been with Bike Oven since, maybe for a bit over a year. Um, and so, my pre- you know, the people before me I know did classes too. Yeah, the topics are difficult. We found, too, that when we got a little more advanced that there wasn't the audience there. And I think we wondered the same thing, is it, you know, is it timing, you know, just a bad weekend um, or is the interest just not really there? You know, we, we obviously have regular requests for derailers, mm-hmm. fix-the-flats, um, brakes. Those are, you know, the typical three, um, you know. But we we also wanted to reach out specifically to what we thought would be issues for the female-identified community, which is, you know, um, comfort commuting and um, finding routes Um you know, even things like safety on the road and, and uh, confidence on the road, knowing the rules of the road, um, you know, um, things like that. Um, some fun ones we were trying, which is like wrapping bar tape and things that can kind of make you feel accomplished and, and bring you closer to your bike. Um, but it doesn't have to be too serious. You know, we kind of wanted to sprinkle in a mix of both. So we're looking forward to it. Um, we're really hoping really just to continue 
you know, I mean, look at all of us actually now. The composition of us is, you know, more female than males. I think Bitchin for Bicycle Kitchen has <laughs> actually brought in uh, more female-identified volunteers now than there are male, uh, which is really a record for us. And it's, I think, really great. I think it speaks volumes, and and I hope it's reflecting the changes that are going on also in L.A., um, so that's what we were kind of hoping to do with Bitchin-specific uh, workshops. Uh, yeah, we did some, well, we've had, last year we had, for the entire year, uh, yeah, WTF night, Women mm-hmm. Trans Femme night. And it worked out well. I helped open on those nights because I'm the only female <laughs> that works at the <laughs> Um But then we, then I couldn't open two nights this year, so, because I, I was doing another shift as well, and that was kind of like an extra shift because it wasn't every week. Um, but we had two really successful um, workshops where it was just, I think, one time it was three weeks, three hours each night, and then one time it was two, four weeks, three hours each night or something like that. And we brought in an outside mechanic to help teach them, and th- those went really well, and uh, we were really thankful for having those nights. And it was kind of it was kind of an ABC check Mm-hmm. Uh, focus like one night would be fix a flat, one night would be brakes, one night would be derailers, um, and then a little bit of safety and parts of a bike and stuff like that mm-hmm. too. But um, I think the same mechanic or a different mechanic, uh, Rio might be teaching that those classes now at the Ovarian Psycho Space this summer. So that's great that they're having that because it's something they've kind of been like working up to and a lot of those uh people from that bike bike collective came to the original ones at bc libre and now they're doing their own Mm so i'm happy about that so is that going to be another bike collective the ovarian psycho space they i mean they're i think they have some tools i don't know if they're going to make it a full-on repair space all the time i think they're going to have a small tool outfit to in order to repair when they can they might have a stand i'm not sure for a bike but i was there a few days ago and it wasn't necessarily set up for that but um i mean i think in the future if that was something they would move toward it could be cool but i'm not i don't know if it's anything they're looking to do right now i'm not sure i have a question for everybody is uh when you have excuse me when you have these um sort of programs and events or one-offs, uh, what do you do to, to get the word out? And uh, what have you guys felt have sort of the best response rate to that? Because I know that that's a really big thing at Bike Wave that's tough. Uh, we have a fix-a-flat at the farmer's market almost every week, and we've put it out on um, our blog and all our social media and it's always a really small turnout. I don't know if people don't want to come to the farmer's market, but uh, I wonder about, like, what are the successes or, or, or failures for that for you guys? I think for um, the Valley Bikery and with YoCycle, one of the things that has been really successful is that, um, yes, we do all the social media and all that, but um, Sharon actually emails people or she texts people because she's um, been able to gather, like, their contact information. And I um, know from my um, background of community organizing that that always really tends to 
get people to think, okay, not just a number on um, a social media site, but actually people are taking time to like call me or text me or email me. And it's also an additional touch, an additional time that you're actually touching them, reminding them like, hey, you know, Yosaiko or whatever the event is. Um, and so, and then I don't know, Sharon, if you have anything else to say, but I think that like, I think that's been really, really helpful. Is that, um, do you, who do you email? Like, who is it that you... So I'm glad to hear it's been effective. It is on a small scale, so that's why I feel it is feasible versus maybe um, for the other nights of maintenance or uh, fixing your bike when we're open on other evenings. And the way I got the emails was whoever would show up, I would ask them if it's okay, to if they want to be contacted, if they want me to text them or email. And I kind of put a small registry together for talking about maybe... 10 to 12 people mm-hmm. so it's feasible like the emails definitely in text as far as just I have everything saved now so something I could do as a reminder beforehand um, and then I think something that is kind of hard as far as getting more people to come in and I'm curious to see for all the other co-ops on average how many people come into the when you guys are opened is for the Valley Bikery is our visibility is sometimes very hard. Like we have a sign outside, but we're tucked away in a small suite in a building, and and so I think that's what we're struggling with: people actually knowing where we're located and we're there. And that's why mm-hmm. the events, you know, that's why we try to have whatever events or Yosek will start at the Valley Bike and be like, okay, this is where we are. Yeah. <laughs> now let's go <laughs> to whatever. That's been Riley really doing, big so. at Biker Wave too uh, since we moved from the like industrial alley of Santa Monica to to Venice Boulevard it just increased it just because it's right out in the open and I know how hard that can be when you're sort of tucked somewhere yeah and and then I was gonna go back what you guys were saying I think um we've been talking also I think workshops are great especially I definitely want to partake in a workshop to get you know feel like you have that foundation of the basics and then move on from there and feel comfortable in a set space because sometimes when you go into shifts people are already working on the bike and they're already known it's like I need the fundamentals Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I was wondering if you guys do have a sign-in sheet or to see if people are interested or and then go from there you know email or let them know when the dates are yeah I I'm now that I'm kind of listening to you uh, you know do that for your cycle I maybe we might be missing out on that for bicycle bitchin um and i don't know where we lie uh we might have we might have enough clients where it, it's almost too many to email out at one time um but it but maybe not maybe i'm i'm just you know nervous about making that direct contact really um you know we started a um i think for a while we we didn't want to differentiate ourselves from the bicycle kitchen t- too much um, but now we're really realizing, you know, the, the bitch and volunteers, um, and the clients are asking for it as well. Like, you know, that, that we, you know, become a stronger presence that we respond to the growing, you know, um, female cycling community. Um, so we started a Facebook page, um, which for us, and, and has been really successful, but then you also don't know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's sort of that, that yeah, that netherworld. But, um, you know, that, when we made a, a beautiful, one of our um, volunteers, Miyuki, made a beautiful flyer for the Bitchin' Summer Series, is what we're calling it, of workshops. That was our 
highest viewed post, but how do you know what that really mm-hmm. translates into? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, eyeballs doesn't always mean that people are going to come. You know, we have to do constant reminders, and we're trying to reach out, of course, to, you know, other communities and other, you know, I know Bike Oven, um, the workshops have been posted on Midnight Riders, and, you know, I'm thinking maybe we should be doing that too. We're also looking at LGBT, um, you know, Q communities, and maybe, you know, so I think there's so much more potential that we're not really realizing. Um so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that really would be a good we, – we've never um, – we've told people go to the pa- Facebook page. Um, we also have a general Bike Kitchen um, Twitter where we, uh, of course, maintain all of the, the updates for Bitchin'. Um, so I think maybe we've come at it from a passive point of view. Like you – we ask you to seek us out because maybe we don't want to be, um, like, too invasive. But um, maybe I'm, I'm shortchanging – you know, the clients, maybe they really want more interaction, more discussion, more opportunities to kind of be connected. So that's actually something to think about. Um, this is Danny from uh, Bike Oven. Uh, do you guys do anything other than just at the shop? Like, do you do any, like, group rides somewhere to go do brunch as far as, like, just that particular group? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, that could be a potential to kind of make it more of, like, a community and more of, like, hey, guys, like, I want your personal information, not necessarily just so that you can come to my class, but just in case we decide to have a potluck on Sunday or, like, whatever, you know. Because I think that really it does make a difference. And I think um, one of the things about the bike oven that people really like is that um, we get a lot of of people that come back over and over and over. And it's because it's almost like they just become friends, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. and they're really, like, into, like, that culture Mm -hmm. and so it's I think that's really important I think there's got to be like definitely a balance between like business and 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 not business but um but I think that's what keeps people coming back to the bike oven is that they know familiar faces and it's like you know I'm having a crappy day so I'm gonna you know go hang out with some friends or whatever at the bike oven and wrench you know yeah so it's it's kind of like nice that way yeah well um i uh on the side i uh run something called the women trans femme uh, bike brunch la and i started um launching the rides to brunch from the kitchen so that more people would be familiar with the space know where it was know that there is bicycle bitching on monday nights um you know some people still you know haven't heard of it yet and uh, i thought that was really um, there was an uptick in clientele from that and, and a good connection and a, and a larger community connection. Um, we started doing this year community rides, um, but then we really found out everybody, you know, that the, the main people who were coming were all of us, were all the volunteers. <laughs> we just wanted more time with each other <laughs> and with not renting, you know. So we were going to outdoor movies and we were going to chi- in Chinatown summer nights. We were trying to link them to community events already happening and just do a, a great ride together. Um, but, yeah, it really turned out to be just more of us. <laughs> that happened so, to us, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions we have for each other? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have tons of questions. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, actually, one of the things that I guess we um, – or that we've been involved in, and I don't know if it could become a program of sorts. Um, it would be nice, but um, we've actually been really um, engaging people to come out and support, um, like, bike safety and more, like, 
bike lanes. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with all the hoopla that's going on with mm-hmm. the bike lanes over on North Fig, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that directly affects us because we're on Figueroa. Um, you should talk about it. Tell me more. Oh yes. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> basically, it's kind of a it's kind of a big uh, big issue, hot issue right now. Um, they're trying to implement um, bike lanes on North Figueroa. Um, but they're getting a lot of pushback from the community or certain members of the community because Which they would community? have of oh northeast LA yes so we're located in northeast LA um, in Highland Park specifically is where the, um, the proposed bike lanes are and basically what it it's meant to be is to be uh, connecting like an entire network so there's bike lanes all over Los Angeles um, and they're trying to connect the river path and that I believe it's that lane over so that you can eventually get into Pasadena. So it's kind of like a big area, a big connector. And so, I mean, they've got the money for it at this point. Um, they've got, like, a lot of community support, but they've also got a lot of people who are just not not having it because they would have to remove a lane of traffic. Mm. And so Figueroa, um, if you are familiar with it, basically runs um, along the same length as a part of the 110. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people use it very frequently to get onto the 110 um, or just take it all the way down to eventually get onto the 5 and such. And so, I mean, we do see a fair amount of traffic there, um, and people are just, you know, up in arms about it. They're just like, no, and these meetings are just, <laughs> it's it's definitely. Uh, you can hear it all on uh, Bike Talk, actually. We yes. got We got <laughs> two of the meetings up there. Okay. Yeah. So it's the last meeting wasn't um, as eventful. Um, which some people were not upset about that. It was kind of a different um, way that they set it up. And so it's it's a big thing. It's a big thing. We've um, Joseph um, Braoli, who is um, the founder of the Bikerwave um, and who owns a Flying Pigeon. No, that he's not. He's not, no. he's not the founder? Not the Bikerwave? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not the Bikerwave. Oh. The Bike Oven. That's I, what I meant. I um, yeah, I was like, wait, 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 wait. Um, he actually um, he started this sort of coalition group with, you know, a bunch of other members of the community called Figaro for All, so it's Fig for All. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have, like, a board on um, Facebook that we, like, communicate on, and, you know, we have our hashtags and all that type of stuff. And so really, we're trying to kind of do, like, an organized, um, you know, movement towards support on these bike lanes. And so we're trying everything we can. Um, but I, it's been nice that through the bike Oven, I've been able to engage, um, or we've been able to engage a lot of people, especially youth, which is really kind of cool because, I mean, I don't really know much about, like, advocacy or, like, you know, rights or any of that type of stuff um, growing up. Like, I, I just didn't. Um, now I work at um, another nonprofit organization where I've kind of been exposed to that and, you know, just kind of really speaking up about what it is that you want in your community and speaking to like council members and lawmakers and all that type of stuff and so it's been really cool to be able to like reach out and have the support of like the community and the support of people who don't necessarily like take part in those types of of meetings you know like neighborhood council meetings or like whatever um so I mean, I I think it would be nice to turn it into something. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been working with LACBC um, as, like, bike ambassadors and kind of doing that. Um, but it's brought up a lot of questions of, I mean, education um, for cyclists, um, bike safety, mm-hmm. and really getting, like, the basic information out there to people so that so that this community can grow, you know, because a lot of people just um, feel very unsafe when they're riding around. 
And that's kind of what this whole bike lanes thing is about. It's about, you know, increasing ridership and increasing, you know, health um, and encouraging people to, like, you know, think outside the box and say, hey, you know, I, I can ride down the street to go get groceries or go, you know, whatever. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if any of you guys are, like, involved in any, uh, I don't know if there's bike lanes. I think there's bike lanes outside of Bike Kitchen I've seen, I've driven on Fountain, or a Shero, right? Yeah, Shero's on Fountain, bike lanes right. on Sunset. Yes. So, I don't know if you guys have any experience with any of this, or if, like, if you, I'd just like to get, like, some feedback on, like, what you think would be, like, cool, or, like, if it, it sounds like a crazy idea, but just getting people more involved in, like, that part of thing, because I think it's really empowering to be able to say, like, this is what I, like, stand for, and, like, I support this cause, and, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's really important, so I, I don't know. You guys can chime in, or else I'll keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm also involved with LACBC, and, um, I think actually I recognize you. Did you go to the meeting last week? Yes, I did. Okay, I was like, okay. <laughs> so I was at that meeting also in regards to um, speaking to the transportation committee in regards um, specifically um, being that I'm from the Valley Bikery. We were trying to get bike lanes on Lincolnshire. Okay. So, and Paul Kokorian, um, our city council person, he was there. And um, through the um, Los Angeles um, Bicycle Coalition, County Bicycle Coalition, um, they are valley, the valley representatives, valley ambassadors. We were able um, to get four of us to come down and um, speak at that particular meeting. Um, And we're very active as far as trying to really get, like, bike lanes. Um, Unfortunately, the city council person has the ability to make the decision but has referred back to the neighborhood council and the neighborhood council is not a hundred percent for bike lanes on Lincolnshire. so um we're trying to encourage um each other like none of us are in that area so we wouldn't be able to um join that specific neighborhood council but um we're active i'm active in um our neighborhood council for where the bikery is um is located the Van Nuys Neighborhood Council, which I just we just I just started going to the meetings and um, we're very fortunate because through a partnership they were able to um, make a donation to the Valley Bikery. So I encourage people to really work with your neighborhood council because, mm-hmm. from what I understand, there are funds out there that they can give to nonprofits and um, and th- one of their Valley Council people started coming to YoCycle and. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> started coming to YoCycle, and pretty soon he's like, hey, you guys should come to the meeting. We, I think we can give you some money. And so, <laughs> we, so we can. <laughs> yeah. And, and as long as you fit the cri- their criteria, being able to display that you give back to the community, which the bike cooperatives and everything you guys have yeah. been saying you do, it aligns with their interests and mm-hmm. what they'll be able to fund. So definitely a good resource to use. <laughs> I mean, I, I think you have a good opportunity to – both grow bike oven and also grow your community at large because the neighbors and the neighborhood, I mean, like you mentioned, like healthy communities, healthy cities, like there, there really are, like that's really the larger goal for all of us. You know, we want LA to be a better city, but Mm. you know, I mean, if you started becoming a a, sort of another central headquarter, you know, I know Joseph is, you can walk in there and ask him and he'll know all the updates, but you know, you might be able (laughs) to be that too and be a meeting place and, and then, like Jennifer mentioned, you know, c- really cozying up to the, the, you know, the local leadership in your 
in the neighborhood, you know, and, and making sure that you're, you know, known. And then always reaching out to your own, emailing your own client base and getting them involved, asking them to come, you know, start to create like that unified feeling. And then people synonymously connect you, you know, to a better, a better, you know, Nila is a better, you know, bike oven is a better everybody. So, right. We were, because um, we, I mean, like I said, we've been like throwing around all kinds of ideas. Actually, for the meeting that we had last Thursday, actually, for some reason, I was like, I'm going to make a spoke card. So I, like, made a spoke card. And people were actually pretty, like, psyched to, like, get the spoke card. And, I mean, it kind of, you know, it was green, and it, like, went, you know, kind of went with the theme and whatever. And so, I mean, we're really trying to kind of do outreach, like, outside of the box through our networks with the bike oven. And, obviously, Joseph, like, has a lot of... And I'm wearing a mesh shirt. But we were also um, toying around with the idea of, like, Maybe having like a small scale, small scale like resource fair that's like all about bikes, like just about bikes. And it could be like, because one of the things is um, that I've noticed personally just walking around um, Northeast LA and Highland Park in, in general is that a lot of people just don't understand the bike culture mm-hmm. um, or have a misconception about the people that ride bikes. Um, and they don't feel like they can be part of that community. And so, and that's for lots of different reasons, for safety reasons or for whatever, you know. Um, so we were playing around with the idea of possibly, like, finding a space, having, like, a resource fair, um, and, you know, really uh, supplying information to, like, different types of demographics, like having a workshop that's like, hey, this is how um, bikes increase business or how you can, like, get cyclists to come into your business. Because I think L.A. Dot has a specific um, girl, I forget her name right now, but she's in charge of doing, like, the bike business type of thing, you know, bike-friendly businesses. So we were like, we can invite her. Maybe she can come and, like, give some tips, give some information, whatever. Um, Because the cycling community in northeast L.A. is growing, and it is – um, it's one of the mayor's great streets project, mm-hmm. and it's also on LA Dot's um, bike friendly um, communities list that they want to implement. They want to put like pumps out there and all sorts of stuff. So, like doing that for people who um, you know are business owners, um, doing bike safety classes for people who don't normally ride on the streets, um, and then you know, and then making it fun too. Like maybe we'll try to recruit some people that have really cool bikes and have like a instead of a car show have like a bike show (laughs) you know what I mean and so we just felt like having like small flyers you know would give us the opportunity to walk in our community go into businesses go to houses and be like hey we're having an event come bring your kids you know it's going to be really fun and really kind of disperse all our information um we thought about maybe inviting other collectives to like come and like you know have like a table because a lot of people also don't know what we are or what we do um and we're right in plain view like we're you know so we get a lot of people that come in there but still i mean I feel like that's the biggest thing right now and the biggest issue that we're having with the whole bike lanes thing is that people don't necessarily understand. And so I think they're, like, scared. And then they're just like, no, my car. (laughs) You know, they get, like, really, like, riled up about it. But I think if you can show them that it's a community they can be included in, Mm -hmm. that it's healthy, that it's, you know, a good way to, like, meet friends and you leave Mm -hmm. your bubble of your car and you, you know – meet people from all walks of life, I think they'd be into it. <laughs> it's kind of funny that um, you will hear clients come in and almost before they've told you the issue with their bike, they're like apologizing for their bike. 
well, I just have this silly little mountain bike. It's like, no, do you have a bike? Great. It's perfect. That's all you need to worry (laughs) about. And yeah, you don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to carry a messenger bag. You don't have to like wear Lycra. You don't have to do anything you don't want to. Yeah. 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 Or be a certain age. Right. Right. In our community, I think a big barrier to is language. Mm -hmm. Like we really, with everything that we've had, we're like, we need to make sure that we're providing this in Spanish too. Like, if we provide workshops at this, yeah. you know, fantasy resource fair that we want to do, like, um, you know, make sure that there's someone there translating everything because that's also a big demographic that, you know, and I run into people like that all the time. Yeah. They're just like, look at those people. Like, they're not me, you know, because it's a language thing. It's a culture thing. It's mm-hmm. all sorts of things. So, Does anybody have uh, just a Spanish-speaking night only? Only? Oh, no. Because we've we been thinking about doing that for a long time. You are. Are we? No, but we just are because m- all of our. Uh, yeah, everyone that volunteers now is bilingual, mm-hmm. and we most of the people we get in, probably like at least fifty percent walk in speaking Spanish to us. So, nice. we're pretty much a bi- but very bilingual shop. Yeah, because sure. I I think you know I think we might be missing out. The bicycle kitchen. It ha- we have so much potential. But I still think we don't. We might not feel friendly and inviting enough to, you know, uh, uh, to, you know, our our Spanish speaking community. And I I think we're really missing out. So we've been talking about maybe having one. It's just you know who's going to step up and take a little bit of leadership and you know, mm-hmm. um, and I don't. Yeah, I wasn't sure if anybody else really had, had attempted that. It's a good idea. Yeah, no, I think this is a great idea. And Sharon, again, from the Valley Bikery, we have our signs in English and Spanish, yet I think you're right Mm -hmm. now you're mentioning we don't accommodate a night or a space where Mm -hmm. it's Spanish-speaking. And I think the things that got me involved in the bike community and I think have been very effective for outreach and we're saying bringing different demographics have been the group rides, and those aren't you know, accommodated either in Spanish. Yeah. Now I think about it, and yeah. you know, you're saying like people do look at you on the street, like, look, it's a a group or a swarm of cyclists, or mm-hmm. when you're riding, mm-hmm. and it's awesome, like getting to know these safe bike lanes. And it would be great to re- outreach to other demographics that do bike and let them know and participate in a fun, healthy, social yeah. event in their community. So it's a great point, and yeah. Good idea. Think about it. Yes. <laughs> Do you have anything more in that notebook over there, Danny? Yeah. <laughs> um, Scribbling um, furiously. I have a lot of questions, but I can't think of any. I actually right have a question, because mm-hmm. um, talking about outreaching to other demographics or um, communities that people in our community that we might not be getting in, I've come across when I do. Uh, promote an uh, event or a function of the Valley Bikery that a lot of people sound very interested and are like, oh, I haven't biked since I was a kid or or something of that nature. They said, oh, I wish I could come, but I don't have a bike. So it's like, okay, well, you're interested in building a bike, and sometimes that's not a realistic quick solution Mm -hmm. if the event's (laughs) in two weeks, right? So I was wondering if you guys offer familiar with um, renting bikes or if that is a function of anyone's bike collective or for events. so Like renting them out? Renting them out for like sp- people to be able to participate in a group ride. Hmm. Well, for at least at 
<clears throat> excuse me, at BikerWave, uh, we often don't have very many bikes, uh, especially in the summer. They We get them back out in the community. Uh, we use them to train volunteers and then put them up for um, as little money as possible, and they just tend to go. So we don't usually have ones very often that are like ready to, or that we would give to somebody to ride and feel like we could honestly you know be okay with their safety so uh usually it's either you know gone or in pieces That's so same with us yeah, yeah. it's so same if you're the bike kitchen too yeah but if you're providing those to the community if that's you know part of the mission it's it's definitely hard to keep a corral of like usable yeah. bikes that that would be really tough um especially because you know you want to be concerned with like nothing breaking yeah, as somebody was riding it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah. 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 You're a bike co-op and your bikes don't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or what our insurance company would say about doing that. Yeah. Oh, know. that's true. We've, we've toyed around with that idea, but yeah, it's always kind of been like, well, how do we do it? Because I don't know if you've been to the bike event, but we have a lot of bikes, not all of them in working order, mm-hmm. so that's obviously one of the things. But we've we've definitely thought about it um, because we we have so many bikes. Like, hey, we need to fix some of these up and start, you know, like loaning them out to people. On occasion, we do like I, we have spoken art that we co-host mm-hmm. um, every month. So on occasion, you know, people that are on you know walking by are like, "What are you guys doing?" You know, and so we'll like loan them like a bike or something that's like you know a legitimate bicycle. You should talk about spoken um, art. Spoken Art. Um, well, Spoken Art is a monthly ride. We do it every second uh, Friday of the month. Saturday? Um, Saturday. Thank you. Wow. Where's my brain tonight? Um, but it coincides with the um, Highland Park or Neela Art Walk. So basically, um, and in what's cool about it is that the studios and all of the art galleries aren't just on like one main strip. They're kind of spread out in the community. So um, Joseph plans the route and then just kind of leads the ride to different galleries. Um, he's got a pretty good relationship with some of the galleries already, so you know they know to expect a lot of hungry cyclists, which is nice. <laughs> um, and I think he kicks them back like some cash or something, probably, because <laughs> we eat all his food or all their food. Um, but yeah, so it's really nice, I and mean, it's one of those um, rides that kind of brings out you know d- lots of different types of people because. You know, it's art and bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do that, I mean, religiously every single month pretty much. Um, and, I mean, we have pretty good success with it. Um, we usually have, like, bands or something after, or, you know. Um, and it's it's really, it's a nice way to kind of promote local business for us, too, you know. Because, um, like, people will, you know, I think two bike, two, not this month, but last month, we um, stopped at this churro cart, which is like a it's like a a food cart or a food truck, but all you do is sell like churros and like sweets and like really really delicious terrible things for you. <laughs> but like we stopped there, you know that's where he took us. That was part of one of the stops, and everyone sat there and ate churros together, and it was really really cool. And I'm sure mm-hmm. that the guy who owns it like appreciated it, mm-hmm. you know, like this yeah. big influx of, of people. Um, but yeah, it's super fun. Um, and it's, one again, one of those, like, rides that's attached to an event. But at this point, it's, like, I think because we do it and we're consistent, like, every single month, it's, like, people just know. Like, yeah. Spoken Arts. It's its own Saturday. institution yeah. now. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, we have people who, like, make spoke cards for it and, like, do this and do that. And it's pretty, like, you know, just people following. just know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was the ride that... Uh, 
my so far only involvement with Fig for All has been like attached <laughs> to that ride. Um, but when we went, uh, I don't know how many months ago, and then there was the art show at the councilman's office, I think, oh, yeah. and we all walked in wearing Fig for All banners. <laughs> yes, and kind of just tranced around, but then also like talked to the aides that were there. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that I, that was helpful. I mean. For me, wanting to be involved in a small way, like being able to go to the ride and be involved in it in a, in a tiny way. Um, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So I had a question about um, volunteer retention for you guys. Volunteer mm. retention and possibly like like incentives simply because um, – <laughs> Just, this is Danny from Bike Oven, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've recently um, got our um, – we, we don't have our 401c3, so we didn't do that. We did a not-for-profit, which is, I think, what Biker Wave has. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we actually had one of, one of your gentlemen um, advised us on a lot of it. Um, so shout-out to John Brown, who oh. helped us with a bunch of stuff. That would make sense. Yes. So And he's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to so say he, he's a lawyer. So. He advised us on, on many of the issues, kind of did like a really – Thorough. Cool, very thorough, mm-hmm. like step by step. Like first, you're gonna do this and that and whatever. Um, but yeah, so I mean, with that, um, I think we're really just trying to create like a lot of order because um, the bike oven's always kind of like it's been functioning, but there's no specific system for a lot of different things. Um, I think that's part of the reason why sometimes we have trouble retaining volunteers is because. Things seem really confusing, and new people are just like, I don't know what's going on, and then they leave. Um, so I guess just tips or best practices on retention and, and incentives. Like, what do you want volunteers ask for? I think it's really it's a really tough issue regardless, because uh, we actually have a, um, well, sort of a good protocol for, I would say, onboarding new volunteers uh, as good as such an organization can get, I think, and we have uh, really good incentives in in a sense, and volunteer retention is still a pretty big issue at the bike wave. It's, it's tough to, to dedicate uh, a consistent time when you're really busy, so it it's something I'd like to hear from all of you about because <laughs> I think I think it's going to be or is a, a pretty universal problem, so... I mean, for us at the Bicycle Kitchen, I think um, it really starts with um, the, someone's first introduction. I mean, I, uh, for us, we um, we have always maintained a, you know, give as little or give as much, but definitely come, we want to see you again. So it's welcoming from the start, but we actually create a very, we're, you know, very focused on creating a very good, safe space, comfortable space. We, you know hands down always abide by um, policies that create a comfortable space for everyone working and I think that that immediately hopefully puts people at ease you know that there are lines that will not get crossed that there is you know you will not get treated you know hopefully of course not get treated um, in in any negative manner Um, that that there's a, 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 a overall an overarching atmosphere of acceptance and that we really want you there. And I think that's where it starts. And then, you know, all of the cooks, which are all of our, our main volunteers, all of our key holders, um, 
we've just ingrained in ourselves generation after generation of volunteers that, you know, as soon as you, you notice someone shadowing, which is a new volunteer, um, you know, to ask their name, to try to remember that, that first moment, ask their name, to make that contact. And, you know, everybody's a little different. Sometimes they make personal contact like, hey, do you want to swap emails? You know, I'll tell you when, when something else is going on. Or are we going to, you know, that, that before they leave, like, are we going to see you next week? It'd be really great to see you. It, it starts with making those personal connections, I think, on each shift. And we continue to um, recommit to those uh, I- ideals every every meeting, every quarter, every so often to remind ourselves that we really want to continue that kind of practice. And then we usually follow certain protocols before someone is voted in as, as a key holder. So we have an orientation. We run it every other month um, that goes over the, the or um, the operations, I should say, of every shift, because it is about getting comfortable in the space. You know, you can keep coming, but if you look around and you're like, I still don't know where to fit in, and I still don't know where to jump in, and I still don't have any comfort, and I know I can't work the computer, and I know that I can't ask for money. Some people are just like, well, then what am I really doing? I'll just come back and be a client. So, you know, when you start to learn about those things and talk out your process as you're doing them and make people comfortable to continue coming back and feel like you want them to be there, I think it just naturally continues a progression. So for us, that's been really great. But then, you know, the retention aspect of it, yeah, it it ebbs and flows. You know, people get jobs or move or get married or, you know, have different life changes. And sometimes, like, currently at the kitchen, we are low. We need more volunteers. Um, There have other been, you know, there have been other times where we're, you know, fully, fully staffed, more than fully staffed. So it changes. Um, you, You have to... Be very careful of burnout. I think you have to see it in each other. You have to talk to each other about it. You have to say, you know, you don't have to take this on. You don't have to step up, you know, or in meetings um, when we're talking about new programs or things that need to get done, you know, around the house, quote, unquote. It's um, if you see the same person, you know, volunteering, sometimes they may take it on. And, and feel a little resentment about that. And then you're worried about burnout. And it's like, okay, you know, maybe we can do it together. Maybe we can form a little grupo, a little committee. Are there are other people that can join in. Are there? So there's ways in which you can kind of um, continue the lifespan of your volunteers and keep everything really healthy. But I'm curious what other people do as well. We need a lot of volunteers right now, so <laughs> I can't really say anything about retaining <laughs> volunteers. Um, people have come for short times and long times but I think we have trouble in our neighborhood because most of our people in our neighborhood are just trying to get by and it's hard to find time to volunteer when you have a family and you're just Mm -hmm. trying to get by and my like view on it is kind of that I feel like a lot of the like people that have jobs and are doing okay and have that extra time to give back in some ways are like bike kitchen and microwave sort of people that can volunteer there that's kind of what happens and then like a lot of like lower income areas like by where bike oven is or where bici libre is it's harder to find people that are like oh yeah i got a lot of extra spare time sure like i'll come by it's more like people are like no i'm just trying to hustle like make my own thing happen and so it's difficult to find those people 
that because you know it's you, I feel like you need some somebody that lives really close like sometimes people could come from far away but it's harder to retain those volunteers because they're like okay make that trek every week um you know so most of our volunteers that are really long term are people that live like pretty close or have lived close in the past and maybe they moved away and now they'll, they'll still come by because they're really good friends with us but um i think it's like it's a lot about reaching out to people that live nearby and then hooking them in with um yeah being friends i guess mm-hmm. yeah just becoming friends with them and then also kind of like yeah right away like picking something that they can work on and that you're gonna specifically like show them how to do so they leave that one day feeling accomplished like oh i learned how to adjust a brake today because mm-hmm. something you know, or n- pick something that you know as a as a cook that you know as a mechanic like this is really simple, but to a person that's never been a mechanic before, it seems like, whoa, I learned something huge. You know, I think that's, like, important to do right away. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting because uh, even even though there are a lot of volunteers, say, at BikeWave, there's sort of um, the head mechanics and sort of, like, tent pole volunteers who... Um, if two of them can't make it in a shift, we usually can't keep a, that shift running for that evening. Like this past Sunday, we were closed because two of the basically three to four volunteers that were like head mechanics couldn't be in. And we tried to use an email to to all the volunteers to see if anybody could make it. But on such short notice, that's tough. So sometimes you just you you can't do it. And uh, it's really it's it's a mix of that sort of people who are super consistent and then people who can sometimes come in. So we put out a call to action uh, on the email list when we know we're going to be low. Saturdays are a big one that are tough to Mm -hmm. cover because Mm -hmm. it's really hard to ask somebody, hey, come in for the middle of your Saturday, (laughs) every Saturday. So yeah, right now it's on a rotating sort of basis who comes in. And uh, so... I don't think there are really any easy answers either for for that, um, especially when you have burnout part yeah. of it. This is Danny again. Um, does anyone have like any like committees that like just focus on volunteer outreach? And if so, like what type of outreach do you guys do? Like, do you go door to door? Do you guys go to like on ra- I I don't know. I'm just trying to get ideas of like how, and then also. I guess maybe different demographics. Like one of our volunteers that's like really gung-ho and excited about everything um, is actually older. Like he's retired at this point. And so he's got time. time. (laughs) You know, he's got to be home by a certain time because his wife like (laughs) likes him to cook and stuff. But like for the most part, like he's, he's there and he's pretty, you know, consistent. And so like, you know, like that idea, like reaching out to a different demographic that maybe we wouldn't think of, you know. I mean, there's lots of lycra people that, like, are older, gray fo- gray-haired fox men, that I'm sure, and women that could come out. be active, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, people that are, you know, wanting to give back at this point. I mean, I don't know how you guys, what you guys do, ideas. This is Sharon from the Valley Bikery, and I think... Uh, good at resource think what uh, type of demographics would have more availability like I think if I think about the volunteers that could actually stay would 
maybe students or have more leniency flexibility in their schedule and uh, just to share how we operate it's very much on a small scale we have about six core volunteer uh, bikers bakers <laughs> in the Valley of Bakery and those core volunteers have been there from the get-go not necessarily geographically close but because I think their commitment long-term commitment has kept them comfortable they know and they they want to ensure that the Valley Bikery continues and it it is hard and I I feel you guys hearing the struggle with keeping consistency and retention and I think we don't have like Danny what you mentioned we don't have a set committee or we're not actively looking or promoting and recruiting uh, other volunteers it's kind of more subtle it's more if people ask and are interested because we feel like it, it needs to come out of interest and those are the people who would commit more because they really have um, the intentions to give back to the bike community because they think this is awesome. I, I would love to participate too. And when they, like I mentioned before, like if someone gives ideas what they'd like to for that bike collective, how to look or what function they want to see there, they're like, great, would you like to partake? And be like, if you're interested in volunteering, then we'll set them up um, with someone else on our shift that a core volunteer and have them job shadow and just be there for a few weeks until they feel comfortable on their own. Since we're not open that often, we are very limited to the nights that we can be open because there's not that many volunteers as well as there's problems, you know, like when you don't have that many volunteers, you know, and some things happen in their life, then you, mm-hmm. you know, like you were saying, there's last minute cancellation, you have to put something on Facebook. But, um, yeah, I think just seeking those who are coming on the group rides and clients that are coming in drop-ins to see if they really are interested in empowering them to be leaders in the bikery or in your bike collective. One, one thing that uh, I've done that has helped a little bit, but maybe you would have other ideas, is uh, on our website we have information about uh, becoming a volunteer. And what it is is I set up a, three emails that go out it's like, oh, I want some information about becoming a volunteer. And the first one is, hey, we accept people. You have to come in because you do have to come in and um, talk to a head mechanic, and they give you the rundown. And the first one is, hey, here's some information. We want you to come in. The second one is, oh, there's some benefits for um, volunteering, and these are the benefits. And the third one is, oh, hey, remember you said you were interested in volunteering? Well, come on in and talk to us about it. And that's spread out over about two weeks. So you would get that initial email first, and then a week later, the one about the benefits, and the week after that, the one saying, come in, because we we want to be active in finding people, but that one is easy to say, hey, just just come in and and talk with us, uh, because regardless, you you do have to, you know, come to the space. So uh, it, it has helped a little bit, but I feel maybe it could be better. Uh, maybe I don't even know worded or uh, but it also sort of works when I'm not there and nobody's there so when people go to the site it's here's our hours here's where we're at here's what we do uh, here's what it costs here's the sliding scale and then that's the next one hey get involved come come check it out come look Uh, but overall it still kind of has to be you still have to talk to them so it's like the ways to get to talk to more people and 
and get them to keep on coming. Yeah. Um, this is Siobhan from the Bicycle Kitchen. We we do have a volunteer. We again we call them grupos. It's it's we do our most of our work in grupos. They're just like committees. And for the grupo, what we try to focus on um, again is kind of uh, remembering to recommit ourselves as current volunteers to um, to the practices that encourage more. Uh, more shadows, more volunteers. So, for instance, at um, at internal meetings, we have you know cooks meetings, uh, quarterly meetings, or retreats. We um, try to do a go around where each person uh, recalls why they started volunteering, and you'll find that almost sixty, seventy, almost eighty percent of those stories are someone. They're about someone. So it's it's about the relationships that you make that encourages people to continue coming. It's, it's about the face-to-face connection. So it gets really tough when, you know, there's maybe only two of you running a really busy Thursday night shift. You have some volunteers or someone new has come in and said, hey, you know, I'm new here. I'd really like to maybe hang out, volunteer, shadow. And I get it. You know, it's, it's hard to stop and remember that person and include them in what you're doing or stop and talk about the kitchen you just really need to you just kind of want to get that shift done (laughs) like you're just going from client to client and really bouncing around so we do you know try to remember in our conversations with each other as cooks in and and at our meetings try to again recommit to um those practices that encourage people to come back um something else we do is uh, once a month we have uh, something that we call Vibing Night. And Vibing Night, um, there's an email that's sent out. Um, so we encourage new shadows. We try to get their name and email right away. They can sign up, just like you were mentioning, um, Lucas. They can sign up to join the email listserv as uh, volunteers. And Vibing Night is uh, it's a Friday night, and it's closed to clients. It's only open for volunteers. So it's a chance for you to work on your own bike, and we usually get, you know, pizza, snacks. Um, you know, sometimes we've got beverages, and, and we've got beers and stuff, too. And, you know, we all play our music, and, you know, it's a chance for us to really connect to each other um, while we're in the space. And so what we started doing was um, sometimes that can still feel very – or you're afraid as an outside new volunteer that that seems really clicky. Like you don't want to just show up – with a bunch of people that already know each other. So what we started doing was doing um, vibing nights every other month that included Skillshare, where we encouraged new shadows to come in and we'll kind of pair up with a current cook and, you know, tackle something that maybe you've wanted to personally work on. You know, maybe there was something you saw on a shift about disc breaks and you wanted to ask someone, maybe another cook there can help you with it. We take the donated bikes that we have in the front yard and we either strip it or work on something, work on a part of that bike that you are interested in learning about. And the cooks all know that Shadows will be coming to do this, you know, Skillshare. And so we're prepared to not just be, you know, intermixing with each other and working on our own bikes, but we're also there as resources for the new Shadows. So I think it's a good way of kind of... um, of balancing the needs of everybody and encouraging more people to come. So I don't know if that's a great um, suggestion. For us, it's turned out um, a couple new cooks over the past six months. So I think for us it's been successful. 
I like that idea. Yeah. I like snacks. <laughs> <laughs> we eat a lot of pizza at BC Libre. Yeah. House, <laughs> lots of little Caesars. Yeah. Do you guys have a question? There's a. This is Nick from Bike Talk. Uh, there's a lot of. Uh, I was just thinking about the LACB show, CBC show every second Saturday, and how they have a different regional partner uh, every month, and that got me thinking how in each of your areas there might be a different kind of uh, political um, well either a branch of the LACBC or partner um, or some other you know you were talking about city councils if you could somehow I mean sort of combine your your talents you know the the people who do politics with the people who do actual physical wrenching So you're asking how weird? to combine um, the local politicians and then the like the brains with the brawn. Ask them to come on a ride. <laughs> <laughs> we've yeah we've volu- we were were associated with LACBC and now we're not but it's all it's all good but we um, volunteer we volunteered with them when we were associated with them like directly in terms of having them as our umbrella and then now. We still volunteer for them, you know, here and there, um, even when we're not. And so, uh, like, for example, we're volunteering at the River Ride for the children's section. We're going to be fixing kids' bikes or something, I think. So, um, yeah, I think it's important to be associated with the advocacy people um, as much as you can. And I think everyone here at some point has had a connection with LACBC in some way or another. Um, and it's always a discussion within the bike community of how you can strengthen those ties um, and how they intersect or don't intersect and things like that. So, Yeah, I mean, certainly tabling, you know, Metro's bike night or LACBC's yeah. river ride, and tabling is a great way to, to make the connections to, to sort of bridge those gaps and, um, and really make the community just one step smaller. Um, and... You know, I think people that would support LACBC or, um, you know, who are finding out about Bike Week and Bike Month through Bike Metro, and um, those are, you know, people that would also be interested in in us, you know. So those are really great opportunities, yeah. Yeah. I figured that right now I'll do a time check if anybody wanted to take a break or keep going or whatever. Um, Or you want to keep going right now? No, I don't care for that. Oh. Okay. Oh, I don't know what I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's been an hour and twenty minutes. So oh, I thought wow. that that was wow. pretty, okay. pretty <laughs> excellent. Let's we'll talk about. Do you guys want to maybe give room for announcements or upcoming yeah. things yeah. that each co-op has going on, and maybe ideas to join forces or yeah, let's do another morning each other's events. Or you want to uh, go? Uh, <laughs> This is Ariel from BC Libre, and I'm in the planning stages of a ride called the Cumbia Ride. Nice. Ooh. And it's going to have, it's still planning it, so <laughs> all I know right now is that I'm hoping to have it on August 2nd, one of the first, or the first Saturday in August, and there are some awesome concerts going on this summer, as everyone knows, the grand performances, the grand park stuff, the... Levitt Pavilion at MacArthur Park. Um, it has some awesome concerts, and I know we did a ride last year to one of those concerts with 
the metro rides uh, same that I think that the bikery did with them too, a, a ride with um, Metro and Cycle. And so um, uh, BC Libre is going to host a ride called the Cumbia Ride, and we'll be riding to a Cumbia concert on August 2nd, and maybe from BC Libre, maybe from somewhere else. We're still planning that. But check our Facebook page. You can just search BC Libre, B-I-C-I-L-I-B-R-E. It's like free bike free bike in Spanish um, on Facebook and find us there and uh, watch for that event to pop up or come and talk to us in the actual space. That's even better. We're located at 1205 West 6th Street, 6 as in the number 6, 90017, just west of downtown on 6th and Lucas across the street from the Good Samaritan Hospital. Cool. Um, this is Siobhan from the Bicycle Kitchen. Um, we w- just mentioned earlier that the uh, Bicycle Bitchin' Summer Series uh, just started. It's every other Monday. The next one will be June 30th, Monday night, uh, 6.30 to 9.30. Um, it's going to be a, a biking starter class, um, bring the bike out of the, out of the garage, out of the closet. Let's get it cleaned up and go over all the basics uh, to enjoy a summer out. Um, we are also partnering right now with a organization called St. John's Well Child and Family Center. That place is awesome. Yeah, we're working on um, trying to put together, fix up as many kids' bikes as possible. We're aiming for 15. Right now we've got about um, 8 or 9. So we're looking for more donations. Or if the other co-ops here have any, I'm happy to come and pick we some up. We might have one, okay. especially little tiny girls' bikes. Those get donated to us a lot, and yeah. not many people are looking to get them. Yeah. So we lo- have some as well. Okay, perfect. Anything from up to the ages of around um, 10 or 11, so it can really be a okay. wide range, yeah. Um, so that's what's going on. Um, yep, Bicycle Bitchin has a, its own Facebook page. Um, the kitchen is at 4429 Fountain. It's right where Fountain and Sunset Boulevard meet. Not to be confused with the other kitchen, which is really tasty restaurant, but we're right there. <laughs> um, hit up both, really. <laughs> um, and uh, we've also got Twitter and Facebook group and Facebook fan page as well. Hi, this is Lucas from the Biker Wave, and we don't have any specific events uh, coming up that I'm aware of. <laughs> uh, so you can always go to uh, our website, which is bikerwave.org. I guess I'll spell that, B-I-K-E-R-O-W-A-V-E.org. And uh, anything that's posted on the website goes directly to both Twitter and Facebook. So if you're if you go to any of those, you can find out what's coming up. Uh, we might actually have more children's bikes, okay. uh, and we get them a lot and have they they don't go anywhere. So. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, this is Jennifer from the Valley Bikery, and so we have an event coming up um, really soon, Sunday, June 29th. It's a chocolate, chocolate. bike ride, yeah. and um, and we have flyers. Um, so it's going to be, um, we meet at the bikery at 10 a.m., and we're going to ride at 10.30. Um, the Valley Bikery is located at 11416 Victory Boulevard, Suite 104, and that's in Van Nuys, um, on the corner of Victory and Van Nuys Boulevard. Um, and so we will be um, on our social media revealing uh, one stop every Friday. <laughs> um, so, so far we have revealed... 
um, yum yum yogurt. yogurt, and that's on Ventura Boulevard. So we'll be going there, and they're really cool as far as um, a proceed of the sales that we do that day. Will um, a percentage ah. will come back to the Valley Bakery. Okay. Um, and so we're suggesting that everybody bring like maybe $7 or $10 so that it stops that they can either buy things or we're going to have also, cause it is a fundraiser for the Valley Bikery. Um, we're also going to have some, um, uh, sweet desserts, um, for sale. And I don't know, Sharon, what else, what am I missing? What do I need and to? So some of the shops will be working with us to give us a percentage, like you said, and some will be. Donate will give us samples, so you'll get some free samples on the ride, and and there's going to be a variety of desserts, which is great. It's not just chocolate. You're going to have uh, culinary, cultural fusion from baklava, yum yum yogurt to chocolates and baked goods. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be the sweetest ride in the valley. <laughs> you guys <laughs> should I check it out. <laughs> sweetest in, ride in the valley. We'll be indulging yeah. guilt-free on the ride. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're hoping in the future to put together, like in the fall, a pizza ride. Cool. Wow. <laughs> I'm getting so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is Danny from Bike Oven again. Um, we don't have – we have a meeting tomorrow, so I, I should have more information as far as events that are, like, solid things. Um, we still haven't, like, regrouped for summer stuff yet. But, um, I mean, definitely look out for classes. Um, like I said, our we had a lot of success with the basics class, so I think that's something we'll probably um, run again um, because people just really, really liked it. Um, definitely spoken art. Um, like I said, every second Saturday we meet at the Flying Pigeon, which is just down the street from us. Um, we're actually located at 3706 North Figueroa Street, um, and that's a zip code 90065 in case you're putting it into your um, – maps app or whatever <laughs> um and so flying pigeon is actually just a few a few blocks down from us so i mean if you decide to come usually we meet up about six o'clock on saturday night um we can meet or you can come to the bike oven and usually we head over in a group or if you want to meet at um the flying pigeon um sometimes they have um there's actually like a tunnel an art tunnel it's like one of those tunnels that um, serves the school that like goes underneath ground um, to the other side of the street. So um, the owner of the coffee shop there, Antigua Coffee, um, actually got the city to let him turn that into an art um, gallery. Mm-hmm. So it's a rotating monthly art gallery where you know they just painted the walls white and so people hang up installations and stuff so it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. so usually there's that going on so you can check that out have some coffee and then we go out and check out the art um all in highland park which is really fun um so that's every second saturday spoken art you can find that on our facebook page which is um, facebook backslash bike oven b-i-k-e-o-v-n um and yeah like i said we um We've been throwing around the idea of doing some sort of resource fair or something fun like that. So look that or look for that in the future. Oh, and look for um, Bici Libre's uh, mechanics classes as well. Possibly basic, possibly advanced. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so if you guys want to do this every third Saturday, I think that would be great. And if you want to just have, you know, maybe it, does, it could be everybody every time or 
whoever can make it, or it could be like focus on one and all your friends. You know, it could be an internal episode of a given uh, co-op or anything. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Anything, <laughs> anything bike. Bike-ish. And like, does the show have to be two hours? Not at all, no. <laughs> what is the length desired? It's it's totally 